Hello, and welcome to SG Squared. Steve Gladen, the global pastor of small groups from Saddleback Church, pulls from his over 25 years of experience to encourage and equip listeners like you to lead small group ministry. So let's listen and learn together. Welcome to SG Squared, Steve Gladen on small groups. Derek here, one of your hosts with the other host that you have grown to love over the years. Steve Gladen, the man, the myth, the legend. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Derek. It's it's uh, been fun. It's uh can't help but be excited as we're in the midst of the holiday season and just uh seeing Christmas just a handful of weeks away. So uh you know, it's it, it's tis tis the season. Tis the season. How about yourself, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, up here in the northwest where I live, we got a little colder temps than you get to enjoy down there in the sunny mm. uh, beach weather where you've just got a burden for those surfers and you're just down there reaching them. But uh, we're doing the best we can up here in the cold, chilly northwest. But you're closer to Santa. So, you know, hey, what can we say? You know, you get the blessings. Well, we've got a, a special guest today on our show. So why don't you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about this guy? All righty, everybody. Uh, this is a, a unique episode because my special guest is Mike Hinkle. Uh, he not only is going to be dropping some nuggets of wisdom on us with uh, a new book that he has just released. You also have a great opportunity to you know, win a free copy, a signed copy of the book. So that's a little bit of excitement that's going to be uh, coming your way in just a second. But Mike is also my, my neighbor. And uh, Mike and I have had an opportunity to get to know each other and just to, uh, you know, delve down some interesting topics from everything from biz to to Jesus. So it's been, a, a you know, an, an awesome run. But uh, Mike, can you help our listeners get to know a little bit about you? Mike and I uh, joke uh, that he's got a little bit more colorful language sometimes uh, in, in those moments. And I said, it doesn't be the first time we get to use the beep machine. So uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you hear a beep, uh, maybe Jesus intervened, but I uh, don't know. But Mike, I, I love you, man. It is so great to have you uh, on the show and talk about a passion of yours, a passion of mine too, as we, you and I have, have talked on our walks and everything. So let the audience know a little bit about who you are and the fun you are. Certainly, certainly. And by the way, Merry Christmas to both of you as well. <laughs> um, I started uh, my walk with Christ um, when I was uh, a young man. I, I, I encouraged my grandfather to start taking me to church, and I started exploring it. Um, and then as I, I grew older... Um, you know, my walk was kind of a little bit here, a little bit there. And um, finally, where I got into adult life, um, God started really working on me and, and talking to me in many different ways. Um, I had, unfortunately, um, when I was in my early 20s, um, I remember being involved in an auto accident and approximately a block and a half before the accident occurred where I was T-boned in my small truck. Um, I remember reading an article earlier in that day about being unbuckled in ac accidents and a CHP officer had never pulled up and un unbuckled a dead man. 
And um, I just it flashed on me. I buckled up. A block later, I'm T-boned, um, at which I walked away. So that was my first God moment. Um, I really gave him all credit. Uh, there was no explanation as to why that happened. And in my adult life, that's occurred to me multiple times. Um, one of the first memories of when I really sold out was uh, my wife and I uh, had just gotten married. Um, it was the uh, early 90s. We were both in the real estate industry. Market wasn't that good. Um, we were doing what we needed to do to survive. Um, we had just had to declare bankruptcy. Um, we had one kid with another on the way. And uh, I'm driving along the road, heading off to work, and I get a flat tire in the middle of nowhere. Um, and so I get it fixed. I put the spare on, but I'm wondering how I'm going to pay for the new tire because, you know, yeah, it, like I said, it was a little tough back then. And I got home and there was a, there was a check in the mail from a job I had done. Tire was bought. Um, and that's, I have five or seven more stories exactly like that, but it's really helped me focus on keeping God at the forefront of my, uh, my being who I identify as and who I identify, um, how I identify myself. And in fact, um, without even realizing it, so much of what I put into this book are just lessons I learned um, through the church and through my walk with Christ. And a common theme that I like to think that I permeate throughout the book is service to others before self. Um, and a lot of the stuff I talk about is exactly that. You know, you can't you can't acquire a, a, a you can't build a successful sales career unless you care about people more than you care about yourself, because no one's going to give you their, their business and can entrust their future to you. If they think the only thing you're concerned with is your economic gain. It's yeah. just a simple formula. Fun, fun. Give us a little bit. You, you're married. I know to Vicki, you're celebrating how many years of marriage? We just celebrated 34 years of marriage. Um, and you got at least four of them were blissful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I, I am a very sarcastic individual. I take nothing too serious and that's, I, I can laugh at myself that way, but no, we've been married for 34 years. Um, we just literally the other day received a compliment from someone, uh, we were sitting with, uh, uh, uh Vicky was getting her nails done and I popped into the nail salon and the lady doing her nails was just laughing at us because one, she didn't think we looked anywhere close to our age, which is I'm a 34 years married to her, but I'm only 36 years old. And you know, she's, yeah. she's uh, 25. So I kind of married the thought about her, <laughs> yeah. but uh, she was commenting on what a cute couple we made and how we always seem to be laughing and, we didn't look our age and she credited that to our lightheartedness and our laughter. And she goes, you guys just have fun together. And I started yeah. thinking about it and you know, it's, we do, especially right now. I mean, there's some things going on in our life that, um, in most people's life, um, they're, 
well, in our lives too, it's a challenge, but we're not focused on it. We have family challenges right now and we have some other challenges going on um, that are causing us some emotional turmoil, but we're not letting it describe in color who we are. I have three kids. Sorry, I forgot to mention them. They'll be disappointed if I don't bring them up. Um, 30, 32, 29, and 25. So they're all out of the nest. They're all doing well. Um, And uh, I have two grandchildren, two grandsons. That's the more important thing to mention. I'm sorry? That's the more important thing to mention are the grandkids. Yes, 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 yes. Grandchildren are great. They come over, they visit, they get sugared up, they get rambunctious, they go home with mom and dad. <laughs> God only makes us do that job once. <laughs> yeah. Mike, you, you sound like you sound like my father-in-law there, who uh, is notorious for doing just that with with my uh, seven-year-old daughter. She goes over there and loves it because she knows. Grandpa is going to spoil her with sweet treats <laughs> and put her over her sugar limit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's 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 our little small little way that we get to do payback. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Mike, let me move you as we're as we're gonna we gotta jump into this show. Let me move me move me, move us in from your personal side to a little bit of your career side. And Derek's going to help you unpack the book, but, you know, give us a little background on your career. Uh, know that you have, um, you know, obviously God has played a big piece in your life. He's woken you up a couple of times. Now you and I have talked about a couple accidents where God has intervened and those God moments kind of help uh, get us back on our North star. But uh, talk to me about your career side uh, that will help be relevant for the book. Um, my major in college was uh, extremely marketable. I was a poli sci major with a history minor. Um, so oh, yeah. I was Apparently excited about that. Yeah. Um, and I figured that I'd be working for a, uh, a city or a county government institution. So out of college, I went to work for, uh, the County of Riverside, um, doing real estate for them. And after about three years, four years, somewhere in there, that the management team had a complete change above me. And as people were being shuffled around, I inquired as to um, what possible possibilities might be available for me for a growth, per, you know, for growing in the future. I was informed since I was still in my mid twenties, there would be no spot for me for another ten years. So I looked at that and said, "Well." there's an opportunity I'm not going to wait around for. Um, so I decided it was time to go into the private sector, um, threw myself headfirst into it. Um, at the same time I was, uh, and this is a part of the book. I was going through a divorce from my first wife. Um, and so I went to work in real estate, hundred percent commission, had a brand new house, had a former wife that was leaving and um, had to figure out how I was going to pay my bills um, and how I was going to make things work. So I did what I had to do best. I just got busy and started working and left the results up to somebody else Um, because that's all you can do. I mean, if you want to be in sales, you, and that's where I put myself, 
Um, to be in sales, you have to have a mindset that says, you know, I'm going to be successful. Um, I am going to do what I need to do to accomplish my stated goals and to get to where I need to go. And that kind of really, in essence, that attitude kind of laid out what the whole title of the book and the direction I took the book was. Okay. You know? So, um, Mike, the title of your book is Treasure Hunt. I love that title. Thank you. I, I think of so many uh, exciting things when I hear the word treasure hunt. So kind of unpack that briefly. Uh, tell us the, the, the purpose and the meaning behind the title of this book, Treasure Hunt. Excellent. Um, when I first started off in sales, I was working with an older gentleman, um, and I say older, it wasn't, he was probably in his forties. I was in my twenties. So he was older than me. I don't mean to imply he was ancient, um, but an older gentleman and I was getting frustrated and he can sense the frustration and he had the ability to see some raw talent in me that I hadn't quite identified for myself yet. So one day after uh, a, a very non-successful day of cold calling, which I don't like the word cold calling, I'll get into later. Um, but a very non-successful day, he says, you know what? I'm going to buy you a beer. Let's go over to the bar. So we went across the street to a hotel. We sat in a bar. We're looking in a mirror. And he says, who do you see over there? And I looked up and I said, well, you and me. And he goes, no, who do you see? Who do you see when you look in that mirror? And I said, me? And he goes, describe who you see. And I said, well, this guy, and he goes, no, there's, there's more to you than that. Isn't you're not just this guy. And, uh, he says, do you like it in sales? And I said, yeah, but it's, it's frustrating. It's, 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 it's a difficult career. And he says, exactly. He goes, imagine this. What if I took you to a field that was one acre square and across this field strong are, are all these rocks. And I told you underneath some of these rocks are big chunks of gold. Under others are small chunks of gold. And unfortunately, under most of them, it's nothing at all. And he said, would you go out there and just turn over a couple of stones? And if you got something, put it in your pocket. And if you didn't, you just give up and walk away. And I said, hell no. Um, hopefully, that's not a beat moment. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, um, I go, no. And he goes, exactly. Welcome to sales. Now you know what it's about. He says, go out there and turn over every one of those stones. Don't miss a one. And sometimes you're going to come back and turn it over a second time because guess what? Maybe you needed to dig a little underneath that one to get the gold out. Um, maybe the ground was frozen. Maybe you have to wait for it to thaw out a little bit to pull that chunk of gold out. But you can't stop the process. You have to feed off of what's out there for you to feed off of. You know, don't, don't let a wall get in your way. And it's been my approach to life ever since that conversation is that, you know, I, I need to always be thinking, okay, what do I need to do to continue to be successful at what it is I choose to do? And it doesn't matter what it is you do. I'm, I'm a person that believes firmly in the fact that every one of us, um, Derek and Steve, you guys, we're all in sales. Um, whether you believe it or not, 
um, you have a point of view or you have some things you wish to accomplish, um, you have to convince somebody of the value of your view or the value of accomplishing the thing you want to accomplish if you get to join, if you want them to join in with you and actually become a part of this process. So in, in the truest form of the word sales, that was a sales approach. You convince somebody of the value of your proposition and the rewards that can be generated by following in the direction you want it to go. Wow. So Treasure Hunt is the, the title of the book. Uh, we're going to be excited. It's the Christmas season here uh, in SGN land. So we're actually going to be giving away, listen to the end of the podcast. I'm going to give you the instructions on how you can win a signed copy, personalized copy from Mike uh, on this. And I'm hoping as you're listening to the podcast, you're going to understand how Treasure Hunt is actually going to be able to help you in your ministry. I know you're like going, trying to connect the dots, but Mike, to, to help our listeners out who are, are predominantly, you know, doing ministry. And, and I love the analogy of turning over the rocks because that's what we're doing. We're turning under rocks. But share with me a, a little bit, and you and I have talked about this on the numerous times we've, we've been, you know, walking around our, our neighborhood, but share with me a little bit about why you think sales tech techniques might apply to the church world? Well, um, in my very colorful past, I worked um, at, I, when I was attending Coast Hills um, Church, which is another church in uh, Southern California here. Um, I got recruited to be on the missions team. And one of the things that we did was travel to Willow Creek. And it was amazingly impressive to me when we were at Willow Creek. This was in the mid-90s. Um, mm -hmm. From the person I saw standing at the front directing cars where to go to park, all the way to the food service courts, all the way to the, the sanctuary, um, it, you know, everyone I ran into had a smile and was happy to be there. And I started thinking about it and... One of the things I came up with is these people all realized that they're serving a purpose and they, they, they excuse the way I refer to it, but this is how my, how small my world is. I looked at it. These guys are all playing a sales role. They are here to help me understand where, what God's plan is for me and to help me get to that point. They are here directing me where to park, helping me find the thing I go, helping me find what is going to work for me. And um, at the same time, I, I started thinking about a process and I said, you know, how simple can life be if we all knew in advance what, what it is that God wanted us to do to further his kingdom? And I came up with this and, and I thought about it. And in fact, in some small groups, I even asked the question. If you knew your total job for God, if God puts you on this earth for the sole purpose of showing up to church one Sunday morning, holding the door open for a 12-year-old little girl so she can walk through the sanctuary and see the sanctuary for the first time and get excited about being in God's church, would you show up with a smile on your face and be happy to do that? You would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So of course. if you're excited about doing that one thing, and that's all God was going to call on you to do for your entire life. If you can't even get that excited about that one thing, how about let's get excited for all of it. Just keep that smile on our face 
and keep trying to find what that one thing was that we had to do. If that's not what sales is all about, staying, staying fired up, staying positive, staying focused and on mission, I don't know what is. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. That is my, that is my life in a nutshell. I work very hard at making sure I always see the upside to everything it is I do. And, and, you know, in, in, in the church, um, it's, it's important that when you have people in, in working with other people, that that flame that you have going, that love, that desire, that drive to be um, ever present in God's love and help share that with other people. That's what you're selling. Uh, and it's an easy sell. I, I, I sell I sell title insurance. I'd rather sell God's love. It's easier to explain. Um, I can work on that with you, bro. <laughs> you, you've you've offered that many times, Steve. <laughs> Steve will put you to work. Hey, uh, Mike, I've got to follow up to Steve's last question. Um about why do sales techniques apply to the church? What drives you to think that everyone is in sales? Because at the end of the day, um, think of think of someone who okay, let let's let's use a perfect example. I am an engineer. And I went to college to become an engineer. I'm not saying I am, but I'm just describing a person. I'm an engineer. I went to college to become an engineer. I know a lot about uh, thermodynamics. I've got the engineering part of it down cold. And I'm out in the real world. And I come across this young lady that I believe would be a perfect wife for me. Well, I can't really win her over by explaining to her thermodynamics and the way that water flows and, and the results of this, that, and the other, and other engineering topics. I have to figure out what it is about her that intrigues me. And I also have to get her to try to figure out and expose what intrigues me to her. So I have to know what she's looking for and what kind of quality she's looking for in a husband. And I have to know what kind of qualities I'm looking for in a wife. Um, that is, that is, in essence, the primary goal of any sales, uh, any sales that you ever do. When I approach a client, uh, my first approach is to determine how, how the product I have can benefit them and how I'm going to solve problems for them. Um, I, if I'm not solving problems, I'm creating issues. So I have to, I have to figure out where I fit into this scenario. And I can see the same thing being true in the church. When you're working with a, a, a group of leaders that, that want to go out and make something happen for the church, let's just take, take small groups. When you have a group of small group leaders and they're trying to put together, together their group of like-minded individuals and really come up with a program or a process that's going to create, uh, uh, you know, create growth in those individuals, you have to analyze where they're meeting you at. If they, if you don't know where they're at, how can you meet them anywhere? You know, the first thing that you need to do every time um, in, in sales in general, one of the first tasks you always have is to figure out where the client's at. Where do I meet you at? 
Um, I have a very unique saying I use all the time when people just get confusing to me or rambling. It's good. You know, I'd love to feel for you. I just can't find you, you know? So that's always my goal is to figure out where people are at, what it is they need, how I can reinforce what they want to, what they want to do or what they want to achieve. I'm a problem solver and where I believe, I, I also vibrate my legs a lot. That's why the chair keeps moving. Sorry about that. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, we, uh, you have to be looking at people all the time, trying to figure out what is it they need from me to get them where they want to go. You know, yeah. love it. Love it. You're listening to Mike Hinkle. We're talking about his latest book that is going to be coming out with Forbes, January of 2024. Uh, the book is called Treasure Hunt. We have advanced copies that we are going to be giving away to you. We're going to give you more details on that, how you can get a free copy of Mike's book and how this pertains, this whole book. I had the pleasure of reading an advanced copy. And the thing that I loved about it is so much of this is pertainable to the church world and, and what we do in small group ministry. So I'm excited for you to get exposed to this book. I'm excited for you to be able to apply it. Uh, Mike, one of the, the questions that I love that you, you had a whole chapter uh, dedicated to the word no. Now, I heard that plenty when I was asking uh, girls out. And so uh, I'm familiar with that word. Uh, but also in the church world, uh, we we kind of bump into that all the time because you're trying to recruit people and they'll, they'll, they may not say the word no, but they'll say a version of the word no, which is, you know, get away from me and all that. It, could you unpack that chapter? That It's, it's one of, of many of the 10 that are in this book that are going to be uh, gold to the people who are listening. But that particular one, uh, talk to me about that chapter called no no is an interesting answer always um and if you truly want to get anywhere in life i i believe this to my core no is not a word that you can give any credibility to um and i don't mean that in a in, in a in, in a mean or sarcastic way people are going to use the word no with you all the time you need to realize that the reason they're using no is there's something still missing. They don't quite see what the value to them is, or they don't understand the necessity to make a decision going in a certain direction. Um, a lot of people will use the word no as a way to interrupt your thought process so they can avoid the pain of dealing with un uh, trying to unpack what you're telling them. Um, you know, I, people use no as a means to stand off. Um, we have all done this. If you've gone on to a car sales lot, you, you're looking around and the, the, the guy on the lot walks up to you and says, can I help you find a car? And your first response is always, no. <laughs> yeah. what? Wait a minute. Why, why, why the heck are you? And notice I didn't make you have to use the beat button again. Why the heck are you standing on a car lot? <laughs> you know, you walked in, you're standing on a car lot. I want to tell you about the cars. And your answer to me is no. Okay. Well, let's plan a different route here. What can I inform you about today? So that's really all no is. It's a protective mechanism that a lot of people use 
because they're not sure where they're going yet. They don't know. People will tell you, no, I don't want to come to church. Well, why? Or no, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Or no, I don't want to lead a small group. Well, why don't you want to lead a small group? Get to the why. No just helps you understand that you haven't done enough yet to expose the why and to give the value of what it is you're trying to help share with them. If you can get the value up and understand their why, that no is going to disappear in no time. But you can't let it be a door. You can't let it be a door slamming in your face. But so, Mike, so how would you take it? So, uh, I mean, you got to get to the why, but you just can't. When they say the no, you can't say why or something like that. How would you? How would you dig below and discover that why? I understand why a lot of people would tell me no, Steve, and. You know, so I've been thinking about this and just out of curiosity, what is it that's keeping you from going to a yes? Mm -hmm. You know, um, you've got to ask probing questions. You've got to ask, you know, um, you can't analyze what's going on in anybody. And the second you think you've got somebody figured out, I guarantee you they're going to make a left hand turn and leave you standing there at the doorway. Um, it's just the way people act. We, we all do. The, the thing I love, and, and you and I have talked about this numerous times as we've been going through this book, is that, you know, before you even, you're asking, before the no, before the question, is a lot of work of getting to know them and who they are and what they're about. And so uh, it's just not a, as simple as you're, as you're hearing this. And that's why I want to encourage you to read the book. Yeah. It's not just as simple as, you know, going up and asking and they say no. And then you, you kind of come through with the question that kind of gets to the why, because you've done some seed work ahead of time uh, with them. And so in getting to know them and getting to know what we call, you know, the soft data in our, in our end of the field. So it's a beautiful thing that uh, this chapter is going to help expose that uh, as you're, as you're going through treasure hunt and discovering well, the treasure that is out there. You can't possibly ask anybody any kind of in-depth question that's going to get any kind of depth to it without earning the right to do so. You have to earn the right to ask the why, you know? Yeah. And if you haven't earned the right to ask why, you're right. It's, it's a waste of your time and theirs. Um, but you've got to, you know, again, in the sale, my sales career has built, been built upon understanding what my client's expectations are, what their needs are before I ever ask the question, why not use me? Um, I find out what they, again, service before others before self, you know, you've got to provide the service. If you're not, if you're not providing something of value, you have to give of yourself first before you get back. I don't know. I read a book once that said that that's probably a pretty good way to approach life. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Sounds kind of like the golden rule there. We like that book. <laughs> it's this a thick is- book. It's read, took a long time to write by a lot of people. This is great, Mike. Hey, uh, one more question to throw at you on my end. Sure. So what is the importance of having a proper mindset as it ties into your book, Treasure Hunt? <sighs> If you, if you approach a task, whether it's a work-related, church-related, um, or personally inspired, 
let's say you uh, decide you want to become a mountain biker and you take on a mindset of I'm going to be a mountain biker, but I really don't want this to be too difficult. Um, I dare I say that you're not going to be very good at becoming a mountain biker um, because by definition, you're riding up and down mountains. And I don't perceive that to be a not difficult task. Um, so, you know, you have to have your mindset in the right way. I personally, um, I've got, uh, you know, I, I always try to keep a positive mindset. I, um, I, I went to, before our appointment today, I went to the doctor and, um, to get a flu shot. Um, I know it's a little late, um, probably should have done this last month, but what the heck, um, Ken avoided the beat. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and they didn't end up having, um, the one that my doctor specifically ordered. So they had a different one and we're sitting there talking and it kind of got twisted up and things weren't going the way I wanted to, but all during the process, I just kept chuckling and, and joking around and just having a good time. And, you know, they were disappointed that I, that they, they didn't have what the doctor ordered and, but I didn't let it chew me up. I, I was there to get a flu shot. I kept that in mind. Um, I had a conversation with someone yesterday. Um, I was trying to pay, I was trying to pay a bill on online. Um, I have a, a, a writer that's helping me do some stuff on my LinkedIn and I was, I needed to send him some money. And well, my bank has a certain set of rules that only allow me to send him so much money at a time because he's a new, he's a new payer. He's a new payee for me. He's somebody new on it. So they, they, only let me do so much at a time to keep, keep the fraud out of it. And I'm talking to this lady and she's explaining to me what's going on. And she's fully expecting me to come totally unglued out of her as she's explaining to me the rules of the road and it's their rules. And this is the way it is. And she can't change it. And I, I'm, I'm listening to her and it's four o'clock in the afternoon. She's probably already had a long day. She was probably prepared for me to go off and get excited. She was probably ready for her day to go to heck in a handbasket. Um, I have to really stop myself. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I, 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 I told her she's going, I could hear the question in her voice. And I said, like, you didn't make the rule, did you? You're just delivering the message. And she goes, yeah. And I go, well, then, okay. And she goes, really? And I said, yeah. Now, that was all mindset. I wasn't going to let the news she had to deliver to me darken the clouds around my day, nor was I going to take it out on her. Um, by the same token, a proper mindset helps you win over people that are delivering bad news for you for the simple reason that they're having a bad day. You know how, you know how easy it is to stop an argument if only one person wants to have it? It's impossible to get going. It, it, it stops before it starts. So the mindset, a positive mindset and seeing things happen in, the, in a positive manner is, is just simply the way I approach my life. Um, I love golfing. Um, I do it as often as I can. I, I go golfing at least once a week. Uh, I stand on every par three without fail since I started golfing when I was in college. And I see myself getting a hole in one. 
Do you know how many holes in one I've had in my life? None. But I see it happen. I was going to give you the benefit of the doubt. But it, <laughs> I, it's that simple. Uh, so when it finally happens for me, I'm going to have already done this shot thousands of times in the past. But that's my mindset. That's the approach I take to everything I do. I see success in the journey. I see a successful conclusion. Do I hit walls? Yeah. Um, you know, God promised to be there for us, but he didn't promise it was going to be an easy trip. I mean, it took, yeah. it took him 40 years to get out of Egypt. Yeah. Well, it is, there's so many classic pieces that have so many parallels in, into the Christ-filled life. And there's no doubt when, you know, you're talking about mindset and, you know, to have the mindset of Christ. And there's so many, so many parts of this book that I want to encourage you. The, the great thing is, is that uh, the book is Treasure Hunt. Again, we're listening to Mike Hinkle talk about that. Uh, in the show notes is going to be a, uh, a presale link that you can jump onto and to order the book uh, from Forbes. Uh, so that's in your show notes. But we also have an opportunity for you to get a free copy. We're going to be giving away a number of free copies. And I have to go to my trusty phone because uh, uh, the people in the small group network are a little fearful that I'm going to mess this up on how we go. So uh, listen, listen out loud with me. We want you to be able to get a free copy of Mike's book. And so let me go with this. Check out the featured post in our Facebook group, which will be airing up tomorrow as we launch this show on December 6th. We will keep it up for two weeks and do a random drawing of five of the commenters. So just leave a comment, say hi. That's all you have to do. Love to get a comment about the show if you, if you want to go a little bit deeper. So just leave a comment, say hi, and you'll be entered into the drawing. We will let the winners know via DM if your name was drawn from the, from the list of people who commented. We're going to run this for two weeks. We're going to be giving away five free copies. It is the Christmas season. We want to give away good stuff. This is good stuff. And I want to remind you again, if you don't win the free copy, uh, feel free to go into the show notes and you can get an advanced uh, pre-order uh, copy of treasure hunt mike what's the what's the every book has a subtitle what is the the subtitle on the treasure subtitle hunt? on treasure hunt is uh it a, a common sense approach to building a successful sales career great and i know you guys are not that well i'm not into sales but i tell you what we're all about you know giving jesus to people and so uh in small group ministry the tools that you will get and the nuggets you'll get from this book called treasure hunt are really going to help you out. And you want to find the gold. You want to find the ability to recruit volunteers. You want to find the ability to recruit small group leaders. You want to find the ability to build the pipeline that you're looking for. Uh, the principles in this book will help you out. So I really want to encourage you to pick up a copy. If you don't win a copy and the, the great thing is, the number per the number of times you comment is per the number of times your name will be entered. So a little bit of blessing right there. So, uh, but you know, be careful, be careful uh, of what you do. So Derek, bring us home on the show, Mike. Great to have you on the show. Always exciting to uh, see you in a different venue uh, with that. And soon it'll be, you know, see you at my place of work. 
<laughs> Thank Can't you very wait. much for the invitation. I appreciate the time you guys gave me. No problem. Yeah, thanks so much for spending uh, part of your day with us, Mike, and for writing this book and for I don't even want to know all the hours of preparation and time that went into that. So thank you for this book and for sharing all of your life experiences in an easy way for us to uh, digest. And uh, like Steve said, for everybody listening, go to our Facebook page and win yourself a copy of Treasure Hunt. And um, we want to thank you all for listening, for spending part of your day with us. Our prayers at this episode encourages you to lead better small groups and empowers you uh, to do that in your local church. So until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And to dive in deeper, get more resources, or join the Small Group Network, just head over to smallgroupnetwork.com.